This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. A very good evening to everyone and thank you for joining us here on Always Wolves uh, Fan TV. Powered as uh, the Extra Time Show, powered as always by our friends over at Wolf Life who basically you can get an insurance and mortgage quote off in the link below and also an entry in to winning that Wolves prize as well. We've got uh, some guests coming up tonight and our pundits, as always, and we're going to be chewing the fat on that 1-1 draw away at the cottage against uh, Fulham. Um, obviously, Wolves playing reasonably well in the first half, taking the lead. Obviously, that injury to Kuna that break and then Fulham, to be fair, it was a really good goal that they scored. And in the end, it ended on as even 1-1. One, one. Another point, Wolves on 24 games with 24 points. We will, of course, be looking ahead to uh, Liverpool and Tottenham Hotspur coming up. Um, Liverpool away on Wednesday night at Anfield. And then we've got Tottenham at Molyneux following that. And we're also going to be getting everyone's highlight of the day for the Fulham game then player of the match and their performance rating. But we're also asking the uh, the guests tonight and you guys in the chat, what is your favourite um, or what is the best Wolves goal ever scored or your favourite Wolves goal? And uh, you can also get on to that as well. And um, you guys in the chat, we want you to get involved in all of this. You, you need to look out for the... Uh, for a little something that's going along in the chat, uh, which we'll ask you at the end to see whether you've got it. I'm not going to say what that is, but you, some of you are regulars and may know what I'm talking about. And um, hopefully we're going to have a very great uh, show this evening. Uh, I'm, I'm delighted to bring on my guests tonight. We've got Golden Girl Lucy. Evening. We've got the voice of reason, Jack. And we've got, yes, he's back. It is Diogo Jota, a.k.a. Pablo Sarabella, better known as Paul Mansell. How are you doing, mate? Evening all. Good to see Good to see you all and um, see the comments in the chat as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And it is it is great to see you, Paul, because um, 
Uh, you've not been on for a couple of weeks, but we tend to when when we've done an away game because I go away to a lot of the matches with uh, with Paul uh, and his dad and stuff like that with the producer. And obviously, you'll be on the you'll be on the reaction after the game and the away game. So if it's a game where we've gone away and we're together, he tends not to come on to the thing. But obviously, this one you're here. Uh, we've got Jack. Um, Jack, how you doing, mate? Not so bad. How is everyone? We all okay? All good, all good in the hood. And um, we're going to be digging and delving deep into your London weekender. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it's such a pleasure to bring back Smiler onto the show. Lucy, the golden girl, how are you doing, mate? Evening, I'm all right, thank you, my lovely. Yes, not too bad. And I hope those, um, those, those people um, in your job and stuff like that, that we're getting you down a little bit before. I, 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 I had a better week this week. Um, not so much. Not, not, no, no. But, you get, you, but you've still got a smile on your face anyway. That's the main yeah. thing. Yeah. I love, I love the fact that you come on and it, everyone loves having you. So let's just have a look down at the uh, the chat. Uh, everyone's saying hi to you. We've already got nearly 80, uh, 80 following. Loads of people saying hi. I also want to say a big thank you as well because uh, we've had a, a surge of new members that have joined uh, the channel recently um, and you can get involved and we have a Discord group. Um, I think you're on there, aren't you, Lucy? I am. I am, yeah, yes. She, she's a member and everything and we uh, we chat about everything and everything during the thing. If you want to get involved with that, the link is in the description uh, below and or on the, uh, the tab. Guys, guys, a draw away at Fulham. I'm going to go with you first, Lucy. What's yeah. your thoughts and what points do you want to make on that game? Um, before the game, I'd have took a 1-1 anyway, regardless. Um, a, a point from there this season is a damn good point. Uh, first half, we were absolutely... We smashed them. I don't think they touched the ball, did they? Because I, I didn't see them touch the ball. It was um frustrating second half, but everybody keeps saying, Oh, we played rubbish in the second half. We didn't. We played we played exactly the same as we did in the first half. Problem is they came out and played better. And that that was the difference for me. But no, really good game. I thoroughly enjoyed the game itself. That's good. And uh, yeah, as you say, a point before the game most of us have taken. Getting yeah. on to Paul. Um, your view on it? I think overall you've got to consider it as a point gained. I know that some people will make the point that having played so well for the first hour, um, you know, perhaps we should have had all three points. But Fulham had taken 19 points from their last nine matches. Um, since the World Cup, that would put them third in the table. Um, and they don't concede many goals, do they? Uh, they've got an incredibly tight defence. So if you're going away to sixth place in the table uh, when you were a team that was bottom at Christmas, I think that's a, a decent point overall. And I think what I really wanted to see was a reaction after that Bournemouth match because that was um, an unusual performance, especially in the second half. So this was more like uh, Lopetegui's Wolves, wasn't it? And especially the first hour. Um, it's a bit more like the kind of... Um, almost like dominant performance that we're, that we're starting to see. If you think back to Villa away, I'd say the first half was very similar to that. Didn't give them a kick. Didn't give Fulham a kick in this game. 
So uh, overall, I'm pleased that we got a point. It could have been three. But um, what pleased me most was the reaction to the Bournemouth uh, second half, which which was really poor. Well said, mate. Some good points there. Yeah. Now, Jack, on to you, and we're going to delve deep into your uh, into thing into the uh, into your weekend because I'm intrigued. But just on the game yourself, obviously you've heard what Lucy and Paul have had to say. What, what's your take on it? Yeah, no, I agree with, with what they're saying. I think a, a point away at Fulham, we'd have all taken that before the game. I think ultimately, um, <clears throat> I think that if you Gonna, a disappointment probably is, isn't quite the right word, but I think the, the frustration maybe is that we gave ourselves a really good platform, being a goal up at half-time, to go and win the game, and we and we didn't. And it, and it was a really good goal by by Solomon to, to kind of snatch it away from us. And and the save at the end from Saar that's kind of kept us that point, it could absolutely, be absolutely massive. Yeah. I think it was very similar to when we played away at Crystal Palace earlier in the season and when, as Paul just mentioned, Villa away at the start of this year. One nil up, playing really well. And you just turn into your friends around you and say, we need a second goal here. When we're playing well and when we're on top, we need a second goal. We didn't get it and, that, and that's what ultimately cost us. I think if we'd have got the second goal in that first half or even just at the start of the second half, I know Jimenez had the header in that went just wide and one or two. I think Kuna, literally two minutes before the equaliser maybe, had a chance where he ran through and just couldn't get the ball out of his feet. Go two and up. I think we'd probably get the three points. But ultimately, you can't be too despondent because a point away on the road is never a bad result in the Premier League. No, it's not. I mean, it, it's it, it, again, though, it's um, some people would turn, turn around and say, again, we haven't taken our chances and it's come back to bite us. Now, let, you know, you've got to say that the Fulham goal was a great strike. It's kind of one of those, isn't it? You know, I play football myself. We've, you know, we've all played a bit of football, and it's one of those where you've got the defender, you know, on one side, and you just try and curl it around the defender. And it was a really, and Saar was a little bit unsighted. He he almost got to it because it did come a long way, but it just beat him. And it, you know, if it had gone a little bit to the right, it would have hit the posts. A little bit to the left, it have either hit a defender or the keeper would have signed it. But it went in. It was a great strike. And that kind of like came just after um, Kuna had been down for about five minutes. It kind of disrupted our play. Like you say, we were like in control of the game. It, that injury disrupted. I mean, there's an argument to say that um, that should have been a yellow yellow card. I, I know it wasn't Polina that did that tackle, but he, he, he made a challenge on Sarabia um, just before that. We had two... We had two players down and that would have been a, a red card, but like it wasn't given. Um, I think it shook us a little bit because we made changes then. Fulham got that goal just after. And after that, it kind of like after they'd weathered that storm and probably think how hey, we won one. Um, at the end, I was a bit concerned we might lose it and uh, we nearly did. Uh, it was a good crossover and um, it was v, v, v somebody, I can't remember his name. Vinicius or whatever he's doing. Vinicius, yeah. Vinicius, yeah. A header. And it's a really good save from um, Jose Saar to keep, keep the score at 1-1. Because I think had we have lost the game at that point, mm. it would have been um, very, very uh, deflating. But we come away with a point. And like you say, before the game, a point away at Fulham, who were going great guns, isn't a bad result. But, you know, you think we could have had... We could have had the three. Lucy, back to you. Um, you know, 
You do you think it's a two points lost or a, or a point gained? Point gained all day long. Point gained. It leaves Wolves on twenty four games with twenty four points. That's a point a game. Should that stay the same to the end of the season, which is uh, would give us thirty eight points? That's generally survival, isn't it, Paul? I reckon so. I mean, there have been teams that have stayed up on as low as twenty nine. I don't think that would be the case 29. this year. Yeah. Um, I don't think that'll be the case this year because um, everyone's pretty tightly bunched. But you'd like to think that 38 would be enough. Um, I believe it was 35 last year that Leeds stayed up with. But I think that number will be higher this year. So um, Lopetegui's had nine league games and we've taken 14 points. Roughly a point and a half, isn't it, a game? And over the course of the season, that would probably be... You'd be knocking on the door for the top seven for that, I think. So if we keep going on the rate that he's, um, you know, picked us up and allowed us to be at, then we should be okay. How many is how many games we got left now? Is it um, fourteen? I think it's fourteen. Yeah, 14. yeah. Well, I think we need four wins and two draws. Four wins and two draws, fourteen points. Yeah. So yeah, you probably you probably are about right and. I think that could come in home or away matches. I mean, we've we've only had one defeat in our last six away matches. That was at Man City. Yeah. Um, in comparison, the first ten away matches or the last ten away matches, there was eight defeats in that time. So it's not like, um, say, Forest, who are relying on their home form to keep mm. them up because they can't buy a goal away from home. I think that we can pick up points on the road as well. And naturally, people will look to the home fixtures as, you know, the bread and butter, the real chance to get, you know, the wins. Palace at home, Brentford at home, Leeds at home, Everton, Villa, all still to come. But I think we can get points on the yeah, road as well. Yeah, yeah. And we've got some uh, very, very winnable home games. You win three of those, win one away, um, pick up a couple of a couple of draws. I, I mean, you know, we've got. There's no no mistake in that. It's a tough run of fixtures at the moment. You know, three away games. And even the home game against Tottenham, you don't know what Tottenham are going to turn up. No. You know, no. um, you know what's our record against Tottenham at home, Jack? Is it? Uh, if I remember rightly, I think we've battered them every season and lost. Yeah, we, we did like last that. year at the start of last year. We battered them and lost one nil. I think the the first time we came up, we lost three two, didn't we? We were three nil down, completely against the run of play. We got two penalties to come back to three two. And just couldn't get the equaliser. And I think we had a goal disallowed that was never offside. Thank God for VAR coming in, eh? But um, no, I think I think we 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 owe them one. I think because we've we've got a good record away, haven't we? I remember we won at Wembley when they were playing there, and we won just before the lockdown, didn't we? At yeah. their place, and we won there last year, didn't we? So we have a good probably... record away. Yeah, like away at their at their place, yeah. but not so much at home. No, no, it's about time we we put that right, isn't it? I think. A bit like with Liverpool, mm. uh, that was mm, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, does anyone in the chat or do any of you you guys or gals on, on the hair know the last time that we did the double over Liverpool? Well, we haven't beat them in the league at home for so long, have we? Um, when was the last time we beat Liverpool home and away? There's well, a good one. It'll come up in a minute yeah. in the chat. Someone will, uh, someone will put that one up. But that would be... Uh, that would be kind of nice. Just looking, just talking about Liverpool before we go back on to obviously the game. Um, you know, Jack, how are you feeling? Are you going to that game? 
I'm hoping to. Yeah, I'm going to have to see how how work pans out in terms of finishing time and whatever. But yeah, so hopefully. So, uh, but it will be a kind of a last minute thing. So, how are you feeling about that game? Um, I mean, there's no reason at all we can't go and get a result. We saw that two weeks ago, didn't we? When we played them off the park and deservedly won. We technically won there in the cup, didn't we? But obviously, the, the the decisions kind of inexplicably went against us. Um, so you know, we we go there, we respect them because they're a fantastic team with a fantastic coach. But we don't fear them. We don't go there thinking, bloody it's Liverpool. We got to you know we got to stick ten behind the ball and and defend for our lives here. We can go there. And if you look, at, we're not Real Madrid. I'm not saying that for a second. But if you look at what Real Madrid did the other day, they soaked up the the early start when the crowd were up, up and singing and. You know, they were 2-0 down. They could have crumbled. They said, no, no, no. We know this Liverpool team's weaknesses at the back. We're going to expose that. They're attacking with pace. They're attacking with purpose. And they scored five goals and they could have had more. So if you go to, to Anfield and you play against Liverpool and you think the history of the place and the players they've got, this is going to be a really tough game, then it will be. If you go there and think, actually, there's no reason we can't treat it as, as equals and go there and, and impose our game on them, then you can get a result. Of course you can. I mean, I know they drew with Palace last night, didn't they? You know, and, and and there's no reason that we're any worse or better than Palace is there. So if they're getting results against them, then of course we can as well. So it, it's one of those where I think, like I said to you last week before after the Brent, uh, Brentford Bournemouth game, sorry, Lopetegui is very good at isolating games. You'll look at that game and say, forget what's happened with Fulham and Bournemouth and all these. Forget what's coming up. Let's focus on this game. What can we do? How can we stop them? How can we then impose ourselves on them? So I think we've actually got as good a chance as anything really. Well, I think and it has been put up on the chat that the last time we beat Liverpool in the league, home and away, was the 1950-51 season. Wow, that's like 73 years ago. That's that's mad. That's mad, 73 yeah. years. But we, we, won't, we wouldn't have been playing them every year, though, have we? So it probably sounds worse. No, yeah, we haven't. We were in the wilderness for for quite yeah. a long time. Um, but if you think of the t- the the, uh, the Wolves team of the fifties that we had, yeah, uh, and then we had a decent team in the seventies as well, you know, and uh, early sixties and all that sort of jazz. And then obviously we've been in the decline, and then we've come back and we've had a couple of victories against them. But like we had a really good side in the fifties that were, you know, champions of Europe and all of that jazz. And you, you know the Hombin thing that was a that was a top side, and we still didn't beat them. Home and away since 1951-51 season. It would be lovely um, to do the double over them because that would feel really, really good. Uh, Lucy, we're going to come back on to Fulham in a minute, but we're talking about Liverpool at the moment. How are you feeling about that game? I'm going, so I can't wait. I've never You're been going. Yeah, I've never been to Anfield before, so I'm dead excited. <laughs> oh, fantastic! You're going on the coach. Yeah, going with the Hatherton. I'm going to look after you. Oh, it's uh, you, you'll be enjoy. You'll love that. You'll love it. I can't wait. I really can't wait. I'm dead excited. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's it's a, and it's under the lights as well. And you know, it's sometimes we go to like Anfield with fear or you know thinking. Uh, I'll go in. I'm feeling quite positive about I've, the game. You know, I've got no trepidation at all. If if we get behind that team the way they did against Fulham and get the songs going and get the noise behind them. I mean, I've always watched them on the telly, you know, regardless. Um, you never hear anything from the Liverpool fans. 
it's always the away fans. And if we get the noise going and get behind them 100%, I can, I can see us getting at least a point. Well, Definitely. Chaotic Ranger is saying 1984 1-1-0, so maybe that's when it was. Um, but there's a lot of people saying 1950-51, so we have to see that. I think that's a good point. Uh, on to you, Paul. Um, the start, you know, Obviously, ahead of this game, the Liverpool match we're looking at right now. Your thoughts? I don't think they'll be looking forward to playing us after how we battered them a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it <laughs> wasn't like um, a lucky 1-0 win, was it? It was a that first half was a real uh, demolition of Liverpool. So um, I think Jack hit the nail on the head when he said that we should respect them, of course, because they've got some world-class players. Um, you know that if Jota's playing as well, um, he can be a handful and players like to score against their former clubs, don't they? But um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the game and I think that we can cause them some real problems. And there's no way I would have thought that a few months ago under Bruno Large. I think Lopetegui will have a plan um, and I back us to to get something from the game. I feel confident about it. If we if we don't win, though, it's not the end of the world. Um, as long as we put up a good performance, I think, because obviously there's a, there's a chance that you can lose a game like this. But yeah, I feel good about it. And I want to see us go there with intent to, you know, not just to sit deep, but what, what problems can we cause them? And I think that we can because... As Jack said as well, you know, their Achilles heel at the minute really seems to be their defence. Defence. And they can be gathered. Well, I'm hoping that we can run rings about them a bit a bit like that film Space Jam and they're running around like cartoons and we just put them to bed. That's what I'm hoping for. Let's get back on to, um, let's get back on to the Fulham game. Um, and Lucy, um, I'm going to come to you in a second, but I really want to dig deep into Jack's weekend. <laughs> Because everyone, Jack, was has only just come back from London. He went down on Friday and he's been out on the razzle. So, Jack, we need to know your weekend. We're going to come on to the game, but tell us tell us what you've been up to. The bits that I can remember. Okay, so uh, we went down Friday. We, we stayed in Hammersmith. So we went out in Hammersmith Friday afternoon, Friday evening. Uh, then we went obviously straight down to the game. Went back out in Hammersmith Friday night. Uh, that was good. And then yesterday, uh, a lot of my mates went, came back home, back up to the Midlands. And then my, my girlfriend came down to meet me yesterday. So we've had a couple of days in London. Went to the West End last night to uh, see Wicked the Musical. Oh, fantastic. Uh, honestly, brilliant. If, you've, if no one's ever it. been before. Yeah, that's brilliant. Gravity in gravity. Yeah, they did it a little bit better. But yeah, no, good effort, Dave. Yeah, but... um. No, no, and because uh, I'm not a massive musical person, but I can appreciate people who are good at what they do, and they were fantastic. To be fair, the, the singers, the actors, the dancers, all that it was brilliant. And then today we had a bit of time this morning in the up in the Shaftesbury Avenue, Charing Cross, that area. Went up up and down Oxford Street. Uh, she went in some of the shops. I stood outside with the bags, you know, to kind of do your bit, don't you? And then uh, come back this afternoon. So yeah, it's been a been a busy weekend. Been really enjoyable though. Really good to to spend time with people you care about as well so that's nice well i think that's a fantastic weekend i think i love the fact that you've gone to the west end because i do love my musicals um yeah so whilst we're on the uh, whilst we're on musicals everyone um we need to know um what your favorite musical is in the chat i will be asking um i will give you oh 
Lucy's we've lost Lucy there for a second. Um, I think she hasn't been defying gravity, and the internet's got her. So hopefully she'll be uh, she'll be back shortly. Um, we've lost her there, um, but yeah. So leave your favourite musical in the chat. We'll read those out. Paul, um, let's get on to the Fulham game itself as well, because I'm really interested to um, to hear your points that you'd like to make out of that game and what, you, what, what you've taken out of it going forward? I think I'll make two points, if you like. Uh, the first one being um, Mario Lamina being back in action. Him and Neves, such a great partnership in the middle of midfield and they just totally dominated that first half. And, and the start of the second half as well, we, you know, I think we looked the better side after the break. Um, so he gives us control. He gives us energy. He did a couple of really good bursts on the ball as well, you know, dribbling with the ball, taking us up the pitch. So um, I'm really happy with those two in the middle of midfield. I think that's a massive plus for us. My second point is um, the performance of Jimenez. And the reason I think that he played well was he had people to link up with. I think it's so hard when you're a central striker and you're playing against two centre-backs and there's two of you marking one. It's, you can get easily marked out the game. You can become an island. But when you've got players like Cunha, Sarabia, Nunes, all buzzing around off you, linking up with you, it, I think that's how we can bring the best out of him for the rest of the season. So um, I want to want to praise his performance. But I think the reason behind that was he had players close to him. And it, it, obviously it looks doubtful that Cunha will be fit for, for, uh, for this week and possibly... For a while, we don't know the outcome yet, but I would play somebody just off him again at Liverpool on Wednesday, um, and I think that would that would be a big way that we can hurt Liverpool. Well, we'll come on to that because we need to talk about the Kuna situation as well. But I think you make a really good point there. Jimenez, what in the international fan reaction, uh, someone made the point he looked hungry. Um, he was intelligent. The head down for the goal by Sarabia as well, which he missed a good chance just before that, Sarabia. Uh, but he did finish it. That's why he'd been brought in. He had a lot of goals and, and assists. So it was good to see that goal went in. And uh, Jimenez played a lot. And, he, you know, he, he got his head in there, nearly scored that second. If it had been a yard the other side, the mm. keeper wouldn't have stopped it either. So I think you make a... Uh, make a good point. Lucy, we lost you for a second. We thought that, you'd, that the internet was defying gravity. For a it, second, but you're back. Blooming internet, it's blooming crap up here at the minute. Okay, <laughs> it's going off. Sorry about that, everybody. We got you back. That's the main thing. I'm back. So, yeah, we're going to just start talk a little bit now about uh, get, get the game again. Paul's made his points. Obviously, we want, want to hear your points from that game, but we also want to talk about your highlight of the day, um, your man of the match, and your performance rating for that game. Oh, me. Yeah. Um, my thoughts on the game. I I thought we put in a good shift. Um, all the all the players did. There wasn't one player that I thought was, you know, below par. I think if you if I was going to pick one out, it would be Troyore. Um, he was missing some of his, you know, his speed and going up front. Um, so missing some of his. Uh, his tricks that he usually does, like he did at home when he was like that cartoon character, and he just jumped up into the sky, got that ball down. I know what you mean. You mean you like that, that, that Tasmanian yeah. devil or, or speedy? 
thinking that was. He did that in front of us. I was like, Rose where the hell did yeah. he keep that in? <laughs> it was amazing. It's like his leg just went. <laughs> Everyone thought that was going out and he brought it down. That was fantastic. That it was. was incredible. So we was missing a bit of that from Troy, all right. Um, but apart from that, I thought I thought all the um players did a brilliant job. Um man of the match for me, Samido. 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 Very, very close would be Bueno, because I mean I love Bueno anyway. I've I've watched him numerous times in the under-23s and he's one of my favourite players now. Um, so, of course, you know, he was going to be, you know, up there for me. But Samedo just clinched it for me. He was fantastic again. He's playing so, so well under Lopetegui. I'm so, so proud of him. He's doing really, really well. Um, I think I'd give it a seven. A seven? But, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd give it a seven. All I in think all. you make some good points there, uh, as always, Lucy, because like um, we gave it um, a trio. Uh, sorry, we, after the game, I gave it to Samedo as well, even though like Sky and Sensation, because we I wasn't able to go to Fulham, unfortunately, but we did watch it. We both went with Samedo. I thought we're both um, uh, full-backs played incredibly well. Uh, bueno was given by Sky, um, but the channel that matters gave it to Samedo. So uh, <laughs> I'm with you there, Jack. Um, we've talked about your your um, things. We're going to come to you in a second, but Paul, let's talk about your highlights of the day and uh, performance rated and uh, man of the match. See what you see whether you agree with Lucy. Yeah, um, probably the highlight for me was was the goal, the build up to the goal. It's it started in our own half. There's some really good link up play, intelligent cross by Nunes. Really great header um, down by Jimenez as well into the path of Sarabia. So the goal, I think it was a really well-worked goal. Um, my match rating, I really enjoyed watching us play, especially in the in the first half. So if it was at half-time, I definitely would have given it at least an eight. Yeah. Um, overall, I'd probably go with a seven because we perhaps faded a bit. Maybe that was more down to Fulham than us. You know, I don't think we started being poor. I think they just started being more like what they were capable of playing. So seven overall. And for me, man of the match is, is a hard choice because I don't think anyone was a nine or a ten, but I think there was lots of sevens and eights. You know, you mentioned Samedo, Bueno. Um, for me, Lamina was the key player, though. Um, so although I can definitely see Samedo or Bueno, potentially Jimenez getting it as well, I think... Uh, Mario Lamina made such a difference, so he would be my man of the match on this occasion. Mario Lamina, and you were singing this, that song earlier. What was it, Paul? Mary, Mario, Mary, Mario, Mary, Mario, Mario. Mario Lamina. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. 
Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I love it. I love it. And um, um, Jack, there was a song that was being sang, um, which has seemed to have catched on. What song's that? Uh, Jeffrey yeah, Shee went to Spain yeah. with his Lamborghini, Lamborghini. Brought us back a manager, Julian Lopetegui. Yeah, <laughs> that's caught on, and it loads of people have been humming yeah. that around their rooms. It, it, and stuff. In, the, in the first half, it went on for about half an hour. You can hear it on telly really yeah. loud, and it's great half to an hear hour. a new chant. Um, you know, for, for some of our new heroes, because that's I do missing. think it needs a second. It needs a second verse. It's quite I was, short. I was, try, I was trying to rhyme Cortina and Lamina, but it, it don't quite don't quite fit, does it? So Cortina and Lamina. <laughs> I'm not sure that um, Lamina would like to be ref- referenced. You know, no, no. <laughs> you know, yeah. Lamborghini and and um, Lopatiga. Lopatiga. Yeah. That kind of goes Cortina and Lamina. I'm not sure yeah. he take that quite so well. Yeah. You want like a. We need, a, we need a player that rhymes with Ferrari, don't we? Ferrari, yeah, yeah, or, or a Be- Bentley or a Rolls Royce or something. But Jose, sorry, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but that was uh, it's a and like like Paul said, it's nice to have a new chant. I can't yeah. wait to hear that um, at Anfield on um, on Wednesday night, and then uh, at the Molyneux against Tottenham on uh, on the weekend. Jack, I'm saying to you, your highlights moment of the day first. Yeah, I mean, I was going to actually mention that as, as one of my highlights of the game, that, that song going for about half an hour, because what was brilliant as well, we were singing that, and then something would happen in the game, oh, be, and it would start again straight away. It, it, I think the last time that happened, I think, was last year when we had the, the Oasis song for Wangi Chan, and it yeah. went on for about the entire game at Crystal Palace. We haven't had mm-hmm. that since then, so I think that that's really, really... Really good. The other thing that I noticed, I mentioned it a couple of times before, but when you when you're at the way end at Fulham, you're very very close to the the far touchline where the dugouts are. And Lopetegui, honestly, in that dugout, he's like a cartoon character. He's up and down, and his arms. Bruno Lars used to sit there, hands in his pockets, this, that, and the other. Even even Nuno towards the end, you know, hands in his pockets, looking like he didn't want to be there. Lopetegui, he never ever stops. There was there was one point I think coming from his first half or second half. I think it might have been Traore because it was second half. It was Traore just just stopped running for a ball, and I thought Lopetegui was going to clobber him one. He <laughs> ran down the touchline as if he was going to, you know. It, and I think that's so important. We've talked about it, haven't we, before? But having a manager who's got that passion and that enthusiasm on the touchline, it just filtrates to everybody. So, and I think that's going to be so important in these these big games to come. That, that the players look over and think he's on our side. Yeah, he's pushing us and he's being hard on us. But he wants us to be successful. He wants us to do well, yeah. Um, performance rating, I'm going to go seven and a half because I, I agree with what Paul and Lucy said. I actually enjoyed watching us play for a long, long time in that game. Listen, we were talking to some Fulham fans before the game and, and they're surprised by how well they're doing. But I don't think they should be because I think they're a good team. Yeah, I think they are a very well-organised team. I think they've got a good manager who knows how to get the best out of his players. We were never going to go there and, and dominate the game for 90 minutes and, and play them off the park. There was always going to be spells in the game where they came into it, had chances, had opportunities. And, and ultimately, like we've said, a point isn't to be sniffed at. But um, So, performance seven and a half, we, we played really well. Um, 
I'm going to do something that I never, ever, ever thought I would do. And I'm going to agree with Jamie Carragher. I thought man of the match was Hugo Bueno. I mean, the, the guy for, for 20 years old, for breakthrough season, he just oozes class and confidence. And what I really like about him, I said this last week as well, he only needs half a yard, half a yard of space on that left-hand side. Bang, the cross comes in. And it's always beautifully flighted, beautifully directed. The, the, the sort of trajectory on it is always really good. I think he's got a real star in the making. I'm a massive fan of Eight Nori, but at the minute I can't complain about him not being in the team. And mm. I think that's how well Bueno he's doing. He's, he's absolutely superb. Really oh, superb. I'm with you on that because, you know, Eight Nori, we were talking about Eight Nori and him going and stuff like that. And Bueno's come in. And um, you've got two, I've got 20 year old and a 21 year old on that left hand side, you know, and Bueno has been a revolution. Revolution. <laughs> What's the word? Revelation. Revelation, not a revolution. Revelation. He's been fantastic. <laughs> and he, he's a young lad, but he, he looks as though he's been playing there forever. And like you say, he's always doing – he likes his stepovers. He's always trying to make something happen when he gets forward. But his defensive positioning is good as well. And so you've got both of those fullbacks, stroke wingbacks, however you want to call them, are both young. They've both got a bit of pace. They've both got bags of energy. Um, they're both going to continue to improve and they both like to attack as well. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, you've got Samedo, um, who is becoming more tactically aware of his positioning uh, under Lopetega. I, don't, I think the back four might, it might suit him a little bit better, perhaps. But he seems to, you know, he seems to be there to cover as well. There was a, it was against, I don't know whether it was, um, the game against um, Fulham or whether it was a game against Bournemouth. I think it was Bournemouth. They got up the field. He was on the other side of the field, clearing up. You know the bit I mean? And he yeah. got there and he, he tidied up. So he seems a lot happier. Obviously, the, the, the one thing about Samedo is that he is out of contract in the summer, technically is on a free, but Wolves do have a, an option to extend for two further years. And the, there's no way in this world that that, is not going to be triggered because they're not going to let him go on a free. Um, and, you know, I think Lopetegui really likes him. What we need is another another player on that right-hand side uh, to challenge Samedo. I know we've got Johnny Otto, but, you know, I'm not sure whether he's kind of passed his best days or not. But, like, maybe that's something they'll sort out in the summer. But both full-backs, all three of them, have been really improved under Lopetegui. It's like they've got a confidence boost to me. They just seem so much more confident under Lopetegui. Um, Jace, yeah, absolutely. JS96 is out of contract in the summer. He is, but Wolves have a, a, a trigger option on, the, on his contract for two further years. So technically he is, but he won't be. He'll still, he's basically got two and a half years because there's no way they're not going to trigger that in mm. um, <laughs> letting go for nothing. Um, but, yeah, no, absolutely uh, bang on with what you were saying. Um, you know, so, I mean, at the end of the day, overall, played really well. Much A good reaction uh, to the Bournemouth game. And we knew Bournemouth, you know, were going to come and they were going to frustrate. And there was a lot of the dark arts that they played, without doubt. It was something that we've got to get better on. And um, Wolves reacted really, really well, like you said, in the Fulham game. I mean, I was... I was so impressed of how we looked 
like a division above Fulham. The way we we look like the way we control the game in the in the first half because they hardly got near the ball. Um, but we do need to talk about the um, the elephant in the room, and that is Kuna. Um, you know, up until he went off and he's got injured, and obviously we've not had an update on that. You know, he's going for an, an MRI. Paul, you touched on this a little bit earlier. I mean, from your experience of your football injuries, of which you get a lot lately, um, <laughs> playing five aside. <laughs> How long do you think Kuna's going to be out for? Do you think he's going to be any, in any chance of making uh, the making the pitch on Wednesday night? I doubt it. I mean, if they sent him for an MRI scan, then that in itself is a bit of a red flag. I mean, he tried to get up, didn't he, and walk and walk, but he couldn't. He had to sit sit back down again. And really classy of the Fulham fans to boo him as he uh, as he got stretched off. But yeah, I mean, I don't think from what I've seen he can lead the line on his own. I don't think that's his strength. Maybe it will as he gets used to the Premier League a bit more. But I really liked him in that slightly more withdrawn position with a partner up front. Um, and I think he looked quite bright, energetic. He actually was doing a lot of defensive work as well, um, pressing, closing down. So if he is injured for a period of time, then he will be a loss. But um, we're in a much better position now than we were a few months ago in terms of our squad depth. We've got quite a few options of people that could come in and, and play, maybe not the same role exactly, but come into the starting eleven against Liverpool and, and affect the game. Well, so, I want to want to just stop you there because these are the questions I'm going to ask you, uh, Lucy and Jack, on this. I, I I agree with you. I thought him playing that kind of number ten role worked better with Raul and like it, like you're saying with Raul having someone to play off and people coming in. If Kuna's out and Raul or even Costa starts in that position um, against Liverpool, and we did look comfortable and played really well in it. Who are you, who are you starting alongside Raúl or Costa on Wednesday? Uh, I'll say what I think Lopetegui will do first. Um, I think he'll put Matinho in for Cunha and play Matinho in that kind of advanced midfield position that he's in. You know, seems to favour him in. That's what I think he'll do. Personally, I'd play um, Sarabia centrally, uh, like he did against Liverpool at home. He started centrally, didn't he? Basically as a second striker. And I'd start Traore on the right because even though he wasn't that effective against Fulham, he was our best player arguably against Bournemouth. He got an assist mm -hmm. against Liverpool the other week. And Andy Robertson has said he is the player that I dislike playing against the most. So I think away from home against Liverpool, it is set up perhaps for Traore. So um, I think he'll go Matinho. Um, to make it like a three in the midfield. But I would be a little bit braver and play almost like a 4-4-2. Four, four, I like your answer. Lucy, on to you. Your thoughts on that same question? I'm going Paul, to be honest. I was thinking exactly the same as Paul. Definitely. So you're going to go with Saravia as well? Yeah. Off, yeah. Uh, I, like, I like him going forward. I really do. I thought he was very, very good the other night. Okay, okay, good point. Um, Jack, on to you. We're interested to see your thinking on this. Yeah, no. Quite, I, I, I reckon I you'd make a great manager, actually, Jack. Because you've, you, you've, yeah. you've got a tactic, tactician. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get what Paul's saying about Matinho, and I've, I've got half a mind that I think that's what, what Julen will do. I'd play Raul Ancosta as a two. Because I, I've, I've said this time and time again on here, haven't I? We don't get enough bodies in the box. And if you were going to sort of be really critical of the game on Friday night, Sarabia's goal was our last shot on target in that game. So, you know, we still don't get enough bodies in the box when it really matters. So, And I think Raul will benefit massively from having someone alongside him. You saw that on Friday night with, with, when Kuna was up with him and when Sarabia drifted in field as well. And I think Costawood as well, when he's when he's been on the pitch in a Wolves shirt, when he's had bodies around him, when we're throwing people forward, he's looked a lot better. So I'd, I'd, I'd be tempted because I don't think at this moment in time that Raul or Costa can play on their own up front. But if you played them together... I think you might get a little bit more out of both of them and then therefore the team would be better. What it means, though, is that you're going to have to drop a midfielder, aren't you? And at the minute, that's probably going to have to be Nunes, isn't it? And and do you mm-hmm. want to be dropping your, your record signing? I, I don't know. But, um, you know, you've, you've obviously got the other option of, of Joe Gomez. And the other name that we've, we've got to throw into the mix at this point is Neto, isn't it? Because he's very, very close to to coming back. And he'd obviously be be ideal to be playing sort of just behind a, a striker. So, I mean, it, it's a good time to, to kind of, for Neto to be getting back fit, isn't it? Because there might just be a little space opening up for him there. Oh, well, I'll I'll think Neto back. <laughs> yeah, well, I think he, he got a half a game in the under-23s, didn't he? I think he, could, I think he could very well be involved in the squad on Wednesday night as an option to come off the bench. Um, I mean, someone else has put here, Kishan has said, Kost and Raul, possibly two alike, wouldn't play them as a pair. I will come back onto that point and put this back um, to you on this one, Jack, because um, he brought Costa and Raul on in, in the Bournemouth game and they played for quite a thing and they, they, were, they weren't that effective to me. Why do you think it would be effective against Liverpool? Again, it's just, it's just bodies in the box purely and simply. And I think the Bournemouth game is an anomaly because we would, we lost all our shape, we lost our composure. We were just banging balls into the box, weren't we? And open it, we got the second bounce or it sort of fell for us. I, I just think in terms of getting the most out of our players, and I think that's what, what being a manager is all about, isn't it? It's about having a team on the pitch and you know that you're going to get the best out of them. Now, playing role on up front on his own doesn't work anymore since he's came back from injury. It just doesn't work. And that's not his fault, but it just doesn't work. And we're and not playing a, a back five for you, though. We're not playing that no. sort of system. No. And I don't think it works with Costa either when he's on his own up front because he because his game always when he was at Chelsea and when he was at Atletico Madrid was all about bullying defenders, wasn't it? Now, it's, it's no good bullying a defender if there's no teammates within 30 yards of you to pick up the, the second ball or whatever. You play them as a two and they've got someone to work off, someone to work with. I just think it's worth a go because, like I said, the key point here is we still don't get enough bodies in the box. You know, Bueno put in a brilliant cross second half and there was no one attacking it again. And and Semedo, when he got forward, put one in and Traore put one in. We just need to to load that box and just put pressure on teams. We just don't do it enough, I don't think. And and I think having a two up front, and even if it is, and I, I I get what people are saying about them being quite similar, but I just think, you know, it's not safety in numbers as such, but it, it's, you know, you're increasing your probability. If you've got more players in the box, that when that header goes in, it's one of your players that gets it. You know, when, most teams in this league have two six foot seven giants at centre half, don't they? If you've got one striker in the box, they're not going to win many headers. If you've got two of them there, you might just get one and it might just make the difference. I like your logic. I like logic. So the other option for me is playing Pedence. Off, um, off Raul as well, because I think Pedence is always very, very busy. You know, your classic 
tall and small man type of thing. I think Pedence could link up quite well. And then you could have like Sarabia and um, Traore as well around that. So that's another option. I'm not that sure about Matinho in that sort of position, personally. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I'll tell you what, it will be intriguing to see. I mean, the back four are pretty much nailed on. He might swap Bueno for Ait Nori again because Ait Nori does tend to do well against, um, what's his name? Salah. 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 He's, yeah. uh, he's, he's performed well against Salah, so that could switch um, there. I mean, then, he could play both, couldn't he? He could play Aitnori further forward and play Bueno still at left-back and Aitnori sort of on the left side of midfield, if you like, where Nunes was playing on Friday night. That might work. He could. He yeah. tried him further forward, didn't he, at a, a point in the game uh, a few games ago, but it never quite paid off. But that would be interesting. I think he'll keep one of them on the bench because he likes to swap them out, doesn't he? Um, the other thing is, um, I was going to say, Lamina, I think... You know, he's kind of undroppable, how he's, he is now. And then Neves is undroppable. So how does the likes of Gomez and and Nunes get into that side at the moment? It's a great uh, problem to have, especially uh, with all the links that Nunes has uh, to Liverpool and everything like that. And like, if he, if he can't even make... He can't even make our starting line. It's going to be very, very intriguing to see what team he goes with um, on... Um, on Wednesday night, and I really do hope that uh, Kuhn is not out for long because although he hasn't scored, he's done a lot of work. He runs, he chases, he closes down. Um, you know, he, he's he's done really a goal's coming for him. I, but I tell you what, I'd really love, I'd absolutely love it. Um, I'd love it in the words of Kevin Keegan if we do that. Remember what he said that, um, but I'd love it if Costa scored. Um, and he won us the game. I mean, I just want him to score one goal, please, just so he's got that memory That's of scoring all, yeah. one goal for us. So I hope he gets. I hope he gets a goal because um, coming here for all this season, and then he'll always be remembered for coming and not scoring, won't he? Um, so I just hope Costa gets a goal. Um, I think he, he, he doesn't want to leave Wolves with more red cards than goals, does he? That that's not <laughs> what he wants to do. He said. <laughs> It certainly, it it certainly doesn't. So I hope he gets because, like, he's coming. He has given a lot. Um, you know, you see him in the, you see Costa in the the backstage stuff in the training. The way he's with everyone, he's he's been that sort of person. So I hope he gets. Uh, I hope he gets his goal. So um, before we get on to the, the next question, which we're going to cover, which is the goals, we're going to quickly uh, do the spin the wheel for everyone tonight. The random question. So oh, I'm going to just share the screen. Um, on the spin the wheel. Can you see that? Yep. So this is the wheel, and this is for everyone and everyone in the chat as well. So let's see what we get this week. I hope it comes up with something a bit different. I'm going to spin. I am going to be doing new ones of these. Well, what's this one? Oh, I like this one. What's your favourite <laughs> Wolves strip? Lucy. Oh, oh, um, oh, you're gonna ask me the year of you, and I don't know it, but the one with the massive wolf's head. <laughs> that um, was ninety seven. Did it have a good year strip on it? Did it? Did it? Did have good year on it? And did it was you? a teal version as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. Steve trick at Grimsby. That was the season, wasn't it? When we wore that teal kit. There you go. 
Well done, Paul. Wearing the teal strip on Wednesday night, that would be nice. So that's a great shout. Uh, Paul, same to you. I like the one we've got at the moment, the home kit. Um, yeah. But if I can go off piste a bit, because um, you didn't say home strips only. Um, for oh. me, um, when we were in Europe that season um, and we had that black away yeah, strip. with the gold. With the lime. Maybe it's because we were good in it. Um, my daughter was mascot in it as well. So it holds oh. a lot of personal significance, I think, for me. Um Watching Traore, Jota, Jimenez as a front three away at Braga in that in that kit. So I'm going to stick my head out and say the black away strip from the 2019-20 season. Uh, 2019-20. I've got, I've got to pick someone off here. That's a good one. Kishan, it's not yellow. It's proper gold. If you go back to the 1930s and 40s, that's the colour. I don't get this. Stuff it's the proper, it's the proper wolves color. I know there's various different golds and stuff like that that's going around, but if you look back in history, this year's color is the same as it's the proper one. It depends on what era you are, blooming too yellow, honestly. You know, I've got one of these buttons that are pressed, you know, for things like that. Um, <laughs> we're only joking, Kisha. <laughs> um, the blue third kit for the uh, the 27 championship winning season, we're going to come on Ooh. to as well. Um, Jack. Yours. I'm going to just talk funny talking about colour. I'm going to go. If you remember about 2000, 2001, we had a really dark, dark gold kit. It was the time when we had Georgian Dar and Ketchup. Like it was yeah. like a mustard colour. I really like that kit. And I, I think it's partly because that's when I was really getting into following Wolves and sort of learning the player names and this and the statistics and, and that sort of thing. So I always go straight back to that kit. Some of my favourite Wolves players wore that kit. Lescott, Muscat, Sinton, all those kind of guys. So I really like that kit. In terms of the modern ones, I think when we first came back up under Nuno, that sort of that really classic with the W88 logo and, and that, that was kind the of first added, the first Adidas kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a really nice kit as well. And it, I mean, the great thing is our colours and our badge are so iconic. You know, if you get if you get the colour and, and the sort of the design of the kit right, you've got a classic, haven't you? I tell you what, me and the producer, we're talking about that. Well, she brought it up, uh, Emma, um, literally during the uh, the League Cup thing, and she says like, "Oh, at least um, Newcastle, it's black and white. It's a bit like Stafford Rangers. You got Notts County and a couple of others, but there's so many reds and blues. Ours just stands out." And and she said, "I'm glad we've gone for the uh, the lighter coloured gold, and we're not tangerine or orange and stuff like that. We actually stand out from everybody else." I think there's only Newport or something like that. I've got a very similar coloured uh, kit to ours. And that, I think there's a lot of uh, running this channel for the last four years or so. There's a lot of fans and international fans that have told me one of the reasons they've picked Wolves since they've started following the Premier League is the colour of the kit and the name and the badge. They It draws people in because... You can look, and they're looking for something. They're looking down that list, and then they see gold, our gold and black, and it draws them in, and they go, "I like that. It's a bit different to everyone else. We stand out, and um, that stands out about." I'm going to. Um, I like this year's kit as well. Actually, I like the Adidas kits, and you know, kits going by. But this kit, I wish Wolves would bring it out as a, a retro kit because I would be in. I would queue out for it. Chaotic Ranger, the white strip. 
with the green collar on the trousers. Well, it's a teal collar. That it's got, I think you used to have the Goodyear on it as well, didn't yeah. it? As well as another yes. one. That is a quality. I, I, I'd love them to bring out an away kit like that next year or something like that. White with teal. How mm. cut with a collar? That would be that. That's one hell of a good choice. That isn't. I like as an away kit. I love this year's teal. Actually, I really like it. You know, it's one of my favourites. I love the colour teal. Um, but I'd love to see a white and a teal kit come out. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think white is is our best away away colour, isn't it? Yeah, white and teal. I'll have a word. Yeah. I'll have to mention that. Um, put put on the match day group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll bring out the white and teal kits and. Uh, <clears throat> Mention it in the uh, retail group. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, right. So to finish the show, um, we're going to be talking, guys and gals, about because um, I've got to write an article uh, tomorrow for BBC Sport, which is um, it's got to be in for tomorrow. Be out on Thursday, which is the best the best Wolves goal ever. That, you could be what you've seen or, well, obviously, hopefully you've seen it because if you haven't seen it, it would be hard for you to say. You read it in the pink years ago. It was really well written and described. But the best Wolves goal ever. And I'm going to give you the privilege, Lucy, of going first. What are you okay. going to pick? Mine is the Pedro Neto against West Ham um, in 2020 at West Ham when um, Troy Oray crossed it and he literally hit it with his left foot and it went straight into the right-hand side of the goal. It was just so unexpected, but it was beautifully hit, the way you just wallop straight into the back of the net. It was beautiful. That's my favourite. Absolutely pinged it. And, guys, you guys can get involved in this in the chat as well, of course. Absolutely. Um, so make sure that you're putting your things down as well. Paul, over to you. I could be here all day with this one because it's such a, I'll a tell great you what, Paul, Give us your top three. It's difficult. I'm I'm glad you said that because I've got three in mind. I, I know how you I know how you I've got to know you really well. I know how your mind works. You've no. got options. You're like if your your if your team was playing and you were the manager, you would have the player on the ball and you would always make sure there was three options <laughs> to pass the ball all the time. Yeah. Um, Go on, in th and you're in third place. Yeah, in third place. Um, it was the season, actually, where it ended in a heartbreak. We didn't... We got we got pipped by our local rivals, but Mark Kennedy's goal at Stockport at Edgeley Park, it was like something out of a cartoon, like a cannonball being fired. It went absolutely roared into the top corner. So, for me, technically, technical-wise, that's one of the best. Who did he play? Place, who, who was that against? Stockport. It was at Edgeley Park. I'm going to need to look that one up on YouTube. Oh, it, it was doing the rounds on Twitter, actually, the other day. That um, I don't know if it was an anniversary when you know since it had been, but amazing goal. In second place, and this is for like the occasion as much as anything, Mark Kennedy again against Sheffield United in the playoff. Semi-final. <laughs> <laughs> um, that goal after six minutes in the playoff final at the Millennium Stadium. Is that the bit when he goes up to the camera like that? Yeah, I mean, again, that was a thunderbolt, wasn't it? But yeah. great technical strike. But just the meaning of that goal after so many playoff disappointments. So that, for me... But there's only one right answer here, isn't there? Hold on, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put it on the screen now. 
the corner's cleared out. He takes it on, on his knee. It's a poor first touch, really, because it sets him back. But then from about 30, 35 yards, absolutely launches it past Scott Carson into the net. And we all know what goal that is. It's still the screensaver on my phone, actually, that, that goal. So, um, yeah, Ruben against Derby has to yeah, be. Yeah, that, that's it, Jack. It was absolutely. just like one of those moments where you were like, your eyes, eyeballs were popping out of your head again, a bit like a cartoon character, but it was just uh, what have I just seen? And, and, and I, got, I got that, I've got it's on the channel. If you look, um, always Wolves fan TV, Ruben Nevers v Derby, you'll get that goal that I put on the channel four years ago almost now. Uh, and you'll see it from the uh, from the north bank, but like the actual one that you see when the camera zoomed in from behind, really thing. And you just see, uh, if you slow it down as it goes, you just see people's face going. (laughs) It's that, oh, my, it's like, oh, my God type of moment. And it it, it was the noise straight after as well, wasn't it? There was like a a mini second of stunned silence. silence. It was the before and then. Oh, and it was because normally, normally when we score, everyone goes, "Yeah!" It was almost like everyone, "Oh, yeah!" Like you just couldn't. It was that, disbelief, yeah. yeah, shock. It came yeah. out of everything, absolutely nowhere. And as Paul said, the first touch, you, you, you know, first touch was slightly back, and I kind of think it's that a, made it's a terrible first it. touch. It's, it's a, a terrible, terrible first touch. But if your second touch can hit the top bin like that, can you yeah. hit that in? That's a goal that will forever be up there isn't it so that's personally mine as well jack uh i'll, I'll, next. I'll, I'll give you my top three so i'm gonna have three, the Nev- yeah. i'm gonna have the neves one as well that was that was my number one because that was my birthday as well that was so that was that was nice you know what a birthday present absolutely jota scored a brilliant goal in that game as well that no one ever ever remembers i, I think i can't if he, he flicked it over the defender didn't he and, and volleyed it in as well yeah. so that was a great goal uh I was going to mention Mark Kennedy as well, but he scored one away at Warsaw on his weaker foot that was about 35 yards and it just clipped the top of the crossbar and, and dipped down into the back of the net. What a player he was, Kennedy as well. Um, and he wore that kit that I liked as well. Yeah. One that no one's mentioned yet, Sylvan Ebanks Blake at Charlton. Do you remember that one? When he, he, the defender was jocking him out. He spins and then knocks yeah, yeah. him. That's a great goal, the, yeah. The defender was jocking him out for out of play and he Cruyff turned the ball behind the defender and just ran back onto it and just sort of fizzed it into the top corner. And then he just sort of jogged away, tapping his badge like that, as if he just do, he does it in training every day. It was, it was just a brilliant goal. I remember that was a bit of a, a, an interesting game as well, because Charlton came back in that game, didn't they? And then they got back, yeah. and then just after he scored that goal. And yeah. it was uh, it was like the keeper literally went flew straight past him. It was a brilliant goal. Yeah. Absolutely. What Let's go and have... Let's go and have a look at what everyone's been saying in the chat. And got guys, just to let you know that we've had a secret word that we've been slotting in uh, tonight. All of the pundits have slotted them in in very imaginative and clever ways, which I just love. Let's see who can actually tell me what tell us what the secret word with. But I'm going to go through some of the uh, some of the things that people have been saying here on the uh, on the chat when I get down to it. Just scrolling down past the shirt bit. Um, here we go. So we've got obviously uh, Aaron's gone Nevers v Derby, Tembury Wells Martin, Nevers against Derby, never be beaten. Uh, here's one for you. 
Guardiola, Guardiola v Millwall in 2011 Cup game was unreal. Uh, people are nodding. Uh, Jack's nodding at that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Paul Harris, Steve Bullaway at Tranmere. That quick Eric Nixon didn't realise it had gone in. Um, oh, Carl's gone with obviously the Mark Kennedy goal against Warsaw when he ran through the defence, uh, yeah. scored a screener. Uh, yeah. Kevin's gone again, Nevis v Derby. Uh, here's Lana, Don Goodman and David Kelly, 1 2 in the FA Cup, and Nevis against Derby. Leicester, that was. Um, yeah, so he knows his stuff, you see. Again, we've got Nevis v Derby. Um, you've just mentioned it, the Ebanks Blake v Charlton in 2008. Yeah. Classic. I remember that. Uh, Andy Gray against Man United in 1979. Paul, were you there? Steady. Not that old. <laughs> Steady on. Uh, Edgley Park, the social... Club, oh, that's not that one. Rob Hindmarsh at the Pawthorns. Yeah. My first away game, that. No way! Really? How old were you? Like five or six. Oh, Rob Hindmarsh at the Pawthorns. I love it. Tenry Wells again. Hivit, flying volley in the League Cup final. Um... Oh, fantastic. Kenny I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw another one in. Yeah. Do you remember George and Dar at Preston? Yeah. George and Dar, my lord. George, George and Dar. And Dar. Actually, that's changed to Jose Sar now, but yeah. Yeah. Picked yeah. it up in his own half, didn't he? And, and yeah. beat a few players. Yeah. Very memorable memorable goal, that. And then Uolumo's Uilumo, overhead kick at Preston as well. Yeah. He got Classic. sent off, didn't he, that game? Yeah. Robbie Dennis got a hat trick and got sent City. off. Got Robbie, Robbie Dennis against Man City, Bothroyd Leeds. Yeah. Um, and um, let's just Ebanks Blake in a commercial. I mentioned Ebanks Blake in the commercial in the comments. Well done. Yeah, got that. There you go. Dalton, yeah. oh, great choice, Jack. Um, Seb. What, what about what about Michael Branch against Nottingham Forest? <laughs> Michael Branch against Forest. Crikey. <laughs> What about um, Alan Smith's own goal? Remember that? Um, at the near post. That, yeah. that was, a, that was a, a cracker. Yeah. Matthew's gone with uh, Matt Doherty's goal against yeah. City in 2019. Um, Dave Jones' free kick. Is that the one where he flicked yeah, it yeah. up and volleyed it? Yeah. That it. was. I'd love to see that brief free kick um, replicate. That was such a... He literally passed it to him. He flicked it up and volleyed it straight in, didn't he? It was a great goal. That has, has anyone mentioned uh, Jody Craddock's volley? Yeah. yeah. I've seen yeah. it in the comments, yeah. Oh, there you go. Look at that. V. Yeah. Bradford in 2007. Yeah. Wow, yeah. 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 That was... Yeah, it was classic. A couple of uh, Nevis against Derby County. Jess Thomas versus Sunderland. Yeah. Shame he got injured in that match. But <laughs> he scored, a, he scored a great goal, didn't he, to make it 2 0. He picked it up again in his own half, but then got a really serious injury that kept him out pretty much for the rest of the season. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that is. Alex, Alex Ray against Bolton. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that clocked at something like nearly 80 miles an hour? That, yeah. Paul Harris, yeah. Hibbert actually mixed kicked the goal in 74. It came off his heel. Apparently. Uh, there you go. Here we got Paul Birch on his De Wolves debut versus West Ham. We've got loads in here. Uh, Hugh Curran, a home to Forest in 1970, left foot pile driver. How about that? Um, Tom Bennett v Charlton at Upton Park. Uh, Bobby Gould, donkey kick in the 70s. 
that light winner. Oh, I mean, there's 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 so many, isn't there, that go on there? But that 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 was really really good. But has anyone anyone guess what the secret word is at all? You've got thirty seconds before we all reveal the secret word. We're gonna we'll count everyone in and we'll say it. If not, that means it's two to the pundits, one to the chat because the chat took the lead three weeks ago and got in the lead with Eagles. Last week, we levelled up with Hollywood. And this week, it looks as if going into added time at the end of the match, looking at the referees, looking at his watch. Um, it isn't goal. No, goal. We talk with... I mean, that's gonna, that's not an easy goal. It's going to be a word that you won't think of, not goal. I mean, we say goal every game. <laughs> Not, not with Wolves, we don't. <laughs> not, with wolves, we don't. not with Wolves, we don't. Not with Wolves, we don't. Um, all right, I'm going to count you in uh, 10. Not Saravia. I mean, look at Andrew. The. I mean, come on. The elephant. It's not elephant. It's not song. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. It's not shirt either. So, guys, <laughs> I'm going to count us in. We're going to go three, two, one, and we're all going to say the word at the same time. Are you ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Cartoon. 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 <laughs> I said cartoon about um, Traore running rings around everyone. Lucy, you said cartoon. What did you say? The cartoon character, Traore, going up to the ball, keeping the ball in. And Jack, what was you? What did you say? Uh, Lopate on the touchline, like a cartoon character. And Paul, was finally, I think it was about the Neves goal that people's eyes were popping out of the head like cartoon characters. Absolute genius this week, guys, that we got those mm -hmm. in. So uh, again, this is going to become a regular feature. <laughs> so there's always going to be a secret word that I'm going to ask the pundits to slip in uh, every week, and then we're going to take it. So it's two one to the pundits but you will have your chance to get back at the next one when we think of the next secret word. And the reason I come up with them, obviously BAFTAs last week was Hollywood. Eagles was because of the NFL. Uh, the reason I came up with two this week is because it's the League Cup final. Manchester United were playing Newcastle. Newcastle are known as the Toon, so that's how I come up with cartoon. So there's always a link to something going on there as well. Andrew Knight has said, well played, pundits, well played. Uh, great video uh, tonight, Sunday night entertainment every weekend. <laughs> uh, Julie Maroon says, oh, wow, absolutely fantastic. Guys, it's been a pleasure. We've done just over one hour all together. Absolutely brilliant show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, if you're watching this back on the play playback, join in, in the comments and it'll be out on the podcast, as always, Monday morning for you to listen to as well. And uh, let's hope uh, we do get a good performance and some results against Liverpool on Wednesday night at Anfield. Until then, from myself, Lucy, Paul and Jack, always Wolves. Always, always wolves. wolves. Night, everyone. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around 
to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you're still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.